welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season five, episode six, Family. I don't, yeah, no announcements. No. Slow week. Yeah. Uh-huh. At least on the Buffy front. Yeah. Yeah. And we're kind of, re- we actually had to record a couple episodes out of order. So it's Thanksgiving weekend. Here. Which is like great for an episode called Family. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very thematic. Yeah. And it's all about Tara, and I'm very excited. I love talking about Tara. Though for an episode all about Tara, I could have used more Tara. I know. Well, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of other stuff going on. But you know what? We needed to give Tara a little bit of a break. Give her some scenes where she wasn't in to just let her, let her go. Let her. We didn't want her to be in emotional distress the entire time. Yeah, because she was. Poor Tara. But yes, let's, let's talk about this. So Family, it aired November 7th, 2000, and our synopsis is Tara's birthday arrives and with it the requisite surprise in the form of her brother Donnie. Meanwhile, Glory recruits a demon in a new plan to take down the Slayer who moves back home to keep an eye on Dawn and a disgruntled Riley goes out drinking alone on the wrong side of town. They really made that, like, that makes it seem like worse than it actually was. Right? Yeah. I just, I was like, that didn't really even need to be a plot point this episode. Yeah. It, it will need to be in a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. But like, like, they really made it seem like, like that scene goes a lot worse than it does. Yeah. <laughs> so do we have any foreign titles this week? We have one single <sighs> foreign title. One? What is it? One. From, from, in French, Blood Ties. I do like that. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah, because everything else was either family. There was the family. Well, that makes it sound like a mafia episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, considering how scary her family is, you would think it was frightening. Considering, yeah, yeah. Considering how scary her family is, you would think it was a mafia family. Um, I was going to say something about blood ties. Oh, I mean, I do also like that as a title because, and I know we, like we said, we've recorded stuff out of order. So I know we talk about this next week for sure. But there is so much of the like bio family versus found family in this episode. And this, this episode drives it home. Yeah. So we do have a previously on uh, detailing Spike's crush on Buffy, Tara's magical abilities, and the revelation we got last episode about Dawn. Then we're off to Tara and Willow's dorm room and Willow demanding that Tara tell her a story. (laughs) Little random, but okay. Tara does telling her the story of Miss Kitty Fantastico, how she once lived on the streets, but then a man came and took her to a pound where there were puppies, ferrets, not dolphins, but half a camel. (laughs) Willow, Willow, Willow is so cute in this scene and Tara is so cute. It you is. know, it's just it's, humoring her. It's so domestic. She's it's yeah, just like because so... Will like Willow is having that. I am tired and punchy and just <laughs> saying the most random thing. Like it is a like you said, it is a very domestic. It's a very real moment between the two of them. Willow wants to know if some nice people adopted the kitty. Well, now she's ruined the ending. The story made Willow sleepy, and so she's ready for bed. 
Not Tara. She wants to go through some more spell books. Willow says she's been doing that a lot lately. And Tara admits it's because she wants to keep up with Willow. Be useful to the gang. She doesn't always feel useful. Willow assures her that she is. She's essential. As Willow climbs in bed with Tara. Oh, other way around. As Tara climbs in bed with Willow, because Willow is the one already snuggled. (laughs) We learn that time-wise, we are directly continuing from the last episode. As in, it is the same night. Mm -hmm. Tara wonders if Buffy found anything at the factory. And Willow says if she had, she surely would have called. That's when we go to the Summer's house. Buffy having called not Willow, but Giles. She has clearly already explained to him what the monk told her as he is full of questions. Dawn doesn't know. No idea. She thinks she's Buffy's kid sister. Is she going to tell her? How can she? She'll freak. And that's the last thing they need. (coughs) Moving from the couch to look up the stairs, Buffy says they have to keep her safe. True. But this woman, the one Buffy fought in the factory, she knows who Buffy is now. will be looking for her. Should they not maybe be thinking of sending Dawn away? To where? Her father? Buffy, much to her credit, does not burst out laughing (laughs) at this clearly ridiculous idea. Instead, she tells Giles that her dad is currently in Spain with his secretary, living the cliche. Buffy actually called him when her mom got sick. He hasn't even... You know what? Fuck you, Hank. I know. Fuck Hank. Like, I loved early season... Like when he was still making an effort. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it is like, I understand like it was easier to kind of cut him out of the picture and it's more dramatic. But yeah. it is sad to know that like there has been this like decline, like he got involved with this secretary or whatever and just kind of like, yeah, did that last little bit of checking out. Yeah. And I like, I do like how Buffy calls it living the cliche. Yeah. Because it is. Continuing, Buffy says she can remember when her dad first left, how Dawn cried for a week. Only she didn't because she wasn't there. And yet Buffy remembers it, remembers how it felt. She tells Giles they sent Dawn to her. She has to take care of her. She wants to. What about the others? No. Buffy says it's better they don't know. Safer. If they knew, they'd only act weird around her. But this woman, Giles says they'll have to assume she'll come for them. Oh, she will. Buffy knows she will. Which takes us to Glory, bursting out of the (laughs) rubble and looking rather pissed. Credits. Still awesome. I love how even though Buffy discovered that Dawn isn't really her sister, she's still her sister. Yeah. And like... As we'll we'll see in this episode, as it goes on, she ramps up protection of her. Like she goes from being, okay, whatever, big sister to, oh no, I got to protect this small child. Yeah. And you know what? Like any, anything else might have had Buffy completely turn her nose up it. Like this is a thing that's in my family that doesn't belong here. But because she has these impressions that you know, they weren't real, but she still feels them. This is still her sister. And now and again, like we're going into found family. You know, you now you have like li- what, what is more found than this small child that has been plopped into your life that you are told to take care of. Seriously. And yeah, like I, I do like imagining like if Buffy had told everybody like right now about yeah. Dawn. Oh, Every this this whole group, like I love how she acknowledges, like no, everybody's gonna be weird. Like they are not gonna turn they're 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 not gonna turn Dawn away either. But they are even less subtle 
than Buffy is. Like you, you'll have that. Like it, it would be. Yeah, they they would act weird. We return from the credits to campus where Buffy and the others are moving her stuff out of the dorm. Everyone pitching in. Xander, Riley, Dawn, Anya, Willow, and Tara. Even Giles is there, though he is kind of doing the least a person can do. I like how he calls it the patriarchal role. Yes. I There's many reasons that's a good one. Yeah. like, like he's- <laughs> He does say it's because he, you know, sees himself more as the supervising and, and pointing and scowling. And he then demonstrates that by telling Xander and Riley, who are roughhousing with each other, to knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> And like, again, like this episode, it really smacks you in the face that this is where we're going because they're going to all need each other. Yeah. And also, also in this scene, in the original script, there was a note. Tara is in the closet. No jokes, please. I love that. Yeah. That's such a good line. And I like the I like the no jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Like because, it, you know, it's a stage direction, but we understand reading the script that being in the closet has another meaning. Riley says Xander started it. And Xander says Riley started it. He called him a bad name. Or at least he thinks it was bad. It might have been Latin. (laughs) Watching this, Tara is clearly amused. She very much loves this little family she has found herself a part of. Giles tells them to stop before they break something. Or before Buffy breaks one of them. (laughs) Xander still can't believe Buffy is giving up this sweet corner suite. With its like two doors just right for French comedy. It's a very weird. It's a very weird setup. Like, why do we have two doors? I know we're in a corner, but what do we need two doors for? Buffy says with her mom being sick, she was never really there anyway. It just makes more sense to move home and save some money. Willow thinks that's very smart. Realizing Dawn has disappeared, Buffy immediately asks where she's gone. Riley thinks she just walked out. Returning, Dawn says some of Buffy's CDs are actually her CDs. Buffy knows. Come help her. They start to strip the bed as Riley notices the stiffness of Buffy's movements. She's starting to feel that fight? Yeah, seems a small side effect of getting your ass kicked. Dawn says she'll take her next time. That's right, because she'll have backup. Giles says they'll study her, learn her weakness. Yes, Tara says they can find her source and show her her insect reflection. Huh? (laughs) Everyone kind of stares at Tara, and she says it's funny if you've studied the Tyglerin mythologic cycles, or are a complete dork. Then why didn't Xander laugh? Riley! (laughs) That was a very, that was a very good. Oh no, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. like, like, Riley! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, Riley does have some great moments. Sander says he doesn't know that Tagler and stuff. Oh. So like, like, one of the things I will say, and I will, I do like about Riley is the genuine friendship he developed with Xander. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The fact that he does feel close enough to tease him like that, Mm -hmm. that they can horse around. And it probably feels like a little bit of like whatever brothers or whatever he has back home. Yeah. Yeah. And also like it's it's good for Xander too. Yeah. To have somebody like Riley who he's masculine, but he's also taking an actual big brother role and he's not mean like the rest of his family. It's like if he had siblings, if he had older brothers, you can just imagine how they would be considering the rest of his family. Yeah. And let me just say, I know like where where Xander stands over here. Nicholas is looking really good this episode. Nicholas looks really good this episode. His hair 
is looking uh, great. I, like, I do like this haircut on him. The hair. Yeah, I think, and that's mostly what it is. Like, the hair and just, like, late, like he'll have, like, I don't remember what he's in this scene, but, like, a blue long sleeve shirt. Oh, like, the, yeah. They no, got, he... they really got him away from, like, the teenage skater look that he mostly was doing. Yeah. And again, like, now he has, like, at his job, he has more responsibilities. So, but yeah, like, he is looking really good. He is looking really good today. He's looking like a 20-something-year-old or almost, tw- you know. Yeah. And I do I do really like that. And not just because Xander needs it, but I do like that Xander returns Riley's friendship mm-hmm. because it does help dispel, dispel the myth of Xander hates every one of Buffy's love and interests. That's, that's another thing. That's another thing about this episode. Like, since we're talking about Xander, like... We'll we'll hear later on, you know, he remembered the birthday. Like, yeah. he knows, like, Tara, and he's, like, you know, talking to Buffy about it. And he's, like, you know, and even though he doesn't know what to get Tara, like, he still is interested. And again, like, that just goes to show, like, the thing that he had with Willow is over and done with. Yeah, like, Xander did not like Angel. Xander did not like Spike. I don't know if the, in the comics he ever gets over the not liking Spike. Xander doesn't like the vampires. Yeah. Those are the things that killed his best friend. Yeah. And and also, like, that's the thing that they fight. Yeah. And, like, yes, they don't ever mention Jesse, and I feel that's very unfair to Jesse. But it is still very present mm-hmm. in Xander's character that he has never gotten over that. Yeah. And he'll never fully accept a vampire ally. Yeah. And And that is totally valid. Yep. Yeah. It's, but this is going to show that, you know, he has accepted Riley. Yeah. And he probably likes having a goofy older brother type. Because he never got that. Like having this group of friends is something that he needed to help and also to help him grow up. And that's why, like, I can't get behind the people who are like, Xander never changes. Xander is always like, because they're looking at it. They're go, you're, you're going into this hating Xander. Yeah. Like when you like people are like, oh, I hate him more now that I rewatched it. But you already have that in your brain. Like you need to step back and say that, you know, I'm going to look at I'm going to look at this critically. I'm going to look at this, but I'm not going in with any judgments right away. Every day I'm on TikTok, it's a choice not to just start an all-out fight with people. Like, I, I know. saw the one this morning about all the things Xander should apologize to Buffy for, and I'm like, ooh. And the other problem, like, the other problem is a lot of it is fellow podcasters. It so is! It's it's this so, is my problem! So it's so hard. Like, we don't, like, we, like, we, 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 everybody can have their opinions. It's like, we don't want to start an all-out war. Yeah, we don't want to be like, uh, these two podcasters suck because they hate Xander. Like, they're entitled to their opinion. I just happen to think a lot of this evidence that they bring up is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it is It is hard to like, and again, that's why that's why we have our <laughs> podcast. That's, yeah, that's why over here we talk about Xander's good, like, he, he, he fucks up sometimes. Yeah. But we also want to highlight his good qualities. And, and also, everybody in this series fucked up. Oh, everybody fucks up in this series. Everybody fucks up. Everybody has a moment where you're like, everybody, oh. like, like every, every single, like everybody, every single person has fucked up. Like even your most precious baby child. Yeah. Actually, the most innocent person is Dawn. <laughs> 
Well, let's just say because she didn't ask to be she like she was just created. <laughs> OK, so I was going to say Dawn does do that whole thing later on where yeah. she like tries to raise the dead and that causes some problems. I would say the only person on this show who ha- well, no, I guess you can't say that because of this episode. Yeah. So I was going to be like, the only person who's never done wrong is Tara. Tara. But no, she, but she does. She, yeah. she does make some mistakes. Yeah, no, everyone, everyone's messed up. Everyone is Everyone. messed up. Everyone is messed up. Like, everybody does something. Joyce is the only person who... No. <laughs> Joyce for the <laughs> like, yes. No! No! Yeah, no, no, no. She brought the mask home. She Dracula into the <laughs> house. Like... Yeah. No. 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 Everyone's no. messed up. Everybody is, everybody is messed up. Jenny messed up because she could have been honest. Giles. Giles is, well... Sucking demons in his youth. Yeah. And has an ex-boyfriend that's very chaotic. Yeah. So, yeah. No, everyone no, messes everybody, up. No, everybody, everybody messes up. And to act like... No, like act like you know the only person who has ever done wrong is Xander is completely missing the point of the series. Like nobody in this series is perfect. No. Anyway, that's. I mean, I started out by saying because he looked good in this episode, and he does. He really he does. does. Willow asks Tara to take some stuff down to the car, and when she's out of earshot, she reminds the others that they have to be at the bronze by eight. The bronze tomorrow. Tara's birthday. They have to come. They're still coming, right? Of course. Of course they're coming. Anya wants to know if this is a present thing. It is, isn't it? Yes, it's a present thing. But Xander's already gotten something. So she doesn't need to worry about it. And they're all really coming. Because Willow knows there's now this big new evil, but they're really coming. Buffy could use a break from all the craziness. Which takes us to the hospital. And another person being wheeled in. According to Ben's conversation with the other doc, we find out this is the fifth person to come in this month, none of which have a history of mental illness. But Ben's on his way out for the night and so heads to the locker room to change. He's changing out of his scrubs when we see a demony looking thing skulking about. But before it can reach Ben, Glory's there covering its mouth. She needs a favor. The magic box. Where Anya is thanking a customer and telling her to come again for more <laughs> purchases. Giles asks if they can't calm it down a bit. But Anya is just too excited. People come in and give her money for purchases. Giles gives her money for working there. She has a place in the world now. She's part of the system. A working gal. Giles suggests she go pack some shipping orders. But no, that's boring. She just wants to do the money stuff. Walking in, Buffy tells Xander that, yeah, okay. She did kind of forget about the party. But there's a lot going on, and it's not like it's going to be the most thrilling social event of the season. Buffy, what the fuck? Stop! You're being really rude right now. Yeah, seriously. Xander reminds her that, thrilling or not, it's important to Willow, because Xander is a good friend. That's, that's where I really, like, when I, when I, when I rewatched this episode, where I was like, you can't call Xander a terrible person when he is reminding Buffy, who is being a terrible person right now. Yeah. That it is important to Willow. Like, and we, they need Will- to go and yeah. celebrate Tara, but they also need to go to support Willow. Yeah. And that that is like one of the best moments in the Xander defense because he and he like he does it like he knows that it's not going to be great. But there's things you do for your friends and this is for their best friend. Yeah. She's coming, right? Barring any monsters. Sure. They approach the counter and Xander goes to Anya. He has come to buy the sugar. 
They are both very cute they and are, very this gross. Is, this is a very, yeah, this is a very cute moment. While they kiss, Buffy asks Giles if he's found anything else on their miscongeniality. He's narrowed it down some. The pile of books on the table is still enormous. And when Buffy tries to call him out, he reminds her that she gave him very little to go on. Very good point. She looks human, so the demon mugshots do him no good. There's no way Buffy can be more specific. Actually, she was kind of like Cordelia. And Buffy's pretty sure she dyes her hair. Oh, well then, their work is done. (laughs) There has to be something more. Coming over, Xander bangs the table. The answer, it's right here in front of them. They're just too blind to see it. Already over whatever this bit is. (laughs) Giles rolls his eyes and walks away. Right. He's helping. He's reading. He's quiet. Taking a seat beside Buffy, he starts to do just that. So what did he get her? Huh? Tara. He said he already got a present. Oh, that was a twisted web of lies, sweetie. <laughs> I like that he calls her sweetie there. It, it very much, again, like we were talking, it very much feels like a big brother thing. Mm-hmm. And I do like that narrative for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Xander really doesn't even know where to begin getting her something. He doesn't know her that well. She's nice. Super nice. Buffy is right there with him. But other than that, she just never... And here's that thing where they don't understand half of what she says, but she's nice. So nice. We have all, everybody has been there. Oh yeah. You know, but, but see like going from this to like the end of the episode, it just goes to show that yes, you may not know somebody very well, but you can still take them into the family. Does he think there will be a lot of Wiccans there? Well, that is kind of Willow and Tara's thing. Yeah, but Buffy just doesn't want it to be awkward. Xander gets that. He's never felt that way with Willow because it's Willow. And no matter what, he's always able to understand her. But Tara, Buffy has a present buying headache. (laughs) Xander tells her to take a break, stretch, train, work out some of that tension. Now, I thought we were about to head to a scene of her and Riley having sex. Uh, Yeah, because that's usually where it goes with with the two of them. But no, what we get is her beating the shit out of Spike in his crypt. And Spike not really seeming to care. Probably because this is a dream. A Mm -hmm. sexy dream. Where Buffy says she's coming for him right as Spike finishes with Harmony. (laughs) Yeah, that little transition went over my head before. Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah. Harmony asks what Spike's thinking. And (laughs) lying, he says... All about her. Aww. He's her little lamb. (laughs) I love Harmony. Back at the magic box, Giles asks if they've come up with anything. Candles. Maybe bath oils. Buffy says she saw a really cute sweater at Bloomies, but she thinks she wants her to have it. What on earth are they talking about? Tara's birthday. They're at a loss. Let him get this right. They're sitting in a magic shop. (laughs) And they can't come up with one thing Tara might like. He thinks they may both be profoundly stupid. (laughs) I love Giles here. He is just savage. Yeah, dad, dad is really, really sassy right now. Like, but yeah, he's right. And he'll give he'll he'll give you a discount on something. But they really don't know what witches like. Unless they get her a crystal ball or something. They better well not. He has his already wrapped. (laughs) 
As they've been talking, some guy has come up poking about the shelves. Eventually, he turns and looks at them. The book's on the table. So all these books are magic books? He has a very thick Southern accent. Fuck him. Giles says the books there aren't for sale. They're a private collection. There are other books he can sell to him against the wall, but they have spells in them, right? Turn people into frogs, things like that. Yeah, Giles isn't sure he likes where this conversation is headed. Xander just decides to be Xander about the whole thing and tells the guy (laughs) that, yes, they're building a race of frog people. It's a good time. So are they all witches? Don't do a spell on him. Is there something in particular he's looking for? As a matter of fact, there is. But he doesn't say that. Instead, he just watches as Tara and Willow walk into the room, laughing over Tara's earlier quip about the reflection. Right? It's funny because Tara stops staring at the stranger. What? No hug for her big brother? Brother? Willow is a bit shocked. Clearly, Tara has not talked much about her family, as we're about to see why. Mm-hmm. Tara introduces Willow to Donnie before introducing Donnie to everyone else. The first thing we'll notice is that her stutter is back. All this confidence she's gained, gone. The next thing is Donnie wastes no time pointing out how Tara had no friends in high school, saying the Scoobies are more people than she even met back then. How did he... Why is he there? She knows why, birthday girl. Yeah, sounds like Tara didn't exactly tell her family where she was going. And do we blame her? No. He says they came down in the camper, been looking all over campus. They? That's when the door opens again and two more people walk in. Tara's father and her cousin, Beth, played by Amy Adams. Yes! Uh, So this was pretty early on in Amy's career, though she Mm -hmm. had done Drop Dead Gorgeous before this and Psycho Beach Party, which Nicholas is also in. Yes. Yep. Uh, After this, she would go on to do Smallville, Catch Me If You Can, The Office. And really, The Office was kind of the last thing she did before she became super famous. Mm hmm. Tara's father is played by Steve Rankin, and Tara's brother is played by Kevin Rankin. I could not find anything that said they were related. Uh, yeah, well, and I know, like, the, the funny thing is, because I know, like, especially, um, especially Kevin, because I just went back through when I was sick doing another rewatch of Justified, and he has, he's on that, he was in... Uh, Umbrella Academy. So yeah, when I saw when I saw Steve Rankin and Kevin Rankin, yeah, I was looking it up to see if they were related. It just looks like Yeah, it just looks like it's a really weird coincidence. Yeah. And 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 it's it's kind of funny. I'm looking I'm looking on IMDB for for Kevin and it just says top 22 celebrities who look like they can be racist. Uh, yeah, um, Steve Rankin is actually really known for playing military guy yeah. types. He's done pretty much everything, including Days of Our Lives. And yeah, Kevin, as you know, Froggy just said, was in Justified, <laughs> was in Umbrella Academy. A lot of people will probably remember him from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Because he played Herc. Yeah. And actually, he is from Baton Rouge. So he is. So that got- accent is real. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, this is apparently where we first learned Tara's last name. Right. Yeah. We thought we knew that before now, but again, we've known it for twenty three years. Yeah, we're, so like... we're this, it's one of those it's one of those things where when you're going through a rewatch of things, you know, twenty something years later, you go you're going in with the knowledge that you gained from your watching. So, like we've and we've said it so many times, like. 
I can't believe, you know, this is the first time we're finding this thing out. This is the first time we're finding that thing out. Yeah, because again, we just assume because <laughs> we've known it. Um, so yeah, Tara's family. She greets her cousin as her father tells her one of her doormates said they might find her here. He knows they came on suddenly, but they'd like to have dinner with her tonight. Catch up. She agrees, and they say they'll pick her up at six before leaving. They're double parked. As they leave, it's clear Willow wants to talk about it. Her family? Huh? Yeah. They seemed nice. They're okay. They just, you know, families can drive you crazy. Does Willow want to get into research mode? Sure. Back at home, Buffy arrives to find Riley there. Turns out while she was researching, he was unpacking her stuff. If you didn't know better, you'd never even know she left. He is a god. The god of boyfriends. Riley says he just likes it when she owes some favors. Well, he has some pretty big favors coming. There might even be outfits. All right, I gotta know. I have to know what Buffy and Riley's RP fantasies are. Because after I heard this line, that was all I could think about for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, I assume it involves, like, military play. Like, I... I would they don't strike me as the naughty nurse type. No, no. I'm like, I have to, I have to know what outfits are involved in this. You know what? I I really don't I I honestly don't think that they are that exciting. Even like making a quip with a talk of outfits, they're not gonna get far enough. They're too vanilla. They're, they they may like they may try to like make plans to do something a little more exciting. Look, I don't know if it gets more exciting than being in a house where you're having sex and it's making everybody else want to have sex. I don't think it gets more exciting than that. It probably doesn't. Yeah, I, I, it's at least not with Riley. Later, there will be the sex that literally brings down a building. Yeah, but, but not with Captain Cardboard. No, no. I mean, bless, bless, bless his heart, bless her. And he's he's too insecure to like let her dominate him. Yeah, in so a way, no mistress of pain. Yeah, like. Like another man would be like excited about having somebody who is like as strong and powerful as Buffy. Take uh, you control. mean you mean like the one that fantasizes about it in this oh, very yes. episode? Yes, that one. Yes, other people appreciate Buffy's dominatrix yeah. tendencies. Yes, not really. Yeah, but see, also again, like that's that's also you know Buffy a lot of times has to be careful she with does. her human partners because i like i think about um jessica jones the jessica jones series where she and luke cage hooked up oh yeah and like the two of them same you know same thing you know that we'll have later on in the series it's like when you have somebody who is as strong and powerful as you are you don't have to worry about holding back no and that is nice. Just make sure not to destroy too much when you're going yeah. at it. <laughs> Pretty much. They kiss and Dawn comes down the hall. She'll see them later. Wait, what? Where is she going? To Melinda's for dinner? Since when? Since now-ish? Well, she can't. It's not safe to be wandering out there alone. It's across the street. <laughs> no, it's family night. And besides, Melinda's a bad influence. She doesn't want Dawn hanging out with someone so short 
Dawn is so glad Buffy's moving back in. This is the source of her gladness. As she stomps upstairs, Buffy says that Dawn is making her crazy. Funny, because that's the word Riley was looking for. (laughs) She shouldn't be going over there. Right. Lots of young people are experimenting with shortness. Gotta nip that in the bud. She can't be running out whenever she likes. It's more than that. What does he mean? Riley says he's waiting for Buffy to tell him. They're all in danger. This new girl, she's shiny and new and very dangerous. Riley suggests calling Graham, getting the government boys in on this. And no, Mm-mm. at that, Buffy is very adamant. She doesn't want them anywhere near this. It was just a suggestion. It's just the fewer people that are involved, the safer Buffy will feel. Riley can't believe this. Every time he thinks he's getting close to her, he's got to go. But Riley, she wants his help. She just, when she decides to let him in, give him a call. He'll come running. He leaves and we head back to the dorm where Tara is also arriving home to find her dad. Who just let himself in, as apparently you do. Security at this school is not it. Well, we we have dis- we have discussed this. Oh, I know, but I'm just throughout like, every the, time throughout the entire series. You know, not just like the like when I was like when we were like I you didn't live on you didn't live on campus, right? No, but I had friends who did. Yeah, like Rose yeah. did, and my friend Raymond yeah. did. Yeah, like when you're in. When, when you're on campus, like, you have to sign people in and out and, like... And you had to, like, key card to get into, like, the, even the front yeah. door of the dorm. Yeah, like, now I will admit, um, my middle-of-nowhere college that I went to school when, uh, that, that Kevin and I went to school, there was one night where Kevin came back from the bar drunk, and basically he was calling me over for a booty call. We're gonna a little and i'm like i can't do it. he's like just walk in like you belong there and i did like i i walked in past the front desk just said hi to the lady and went up to his room like it yeah but like was... an adult but then like an adult where you have never seen this person before like why are you letting this adult man up to her room yeah like i definitely did that like I would go over to see Rose at her dorm and I would just follow someone in and I knew what floor she was on. So I'd just go right to the elevators and go up because she was in one of the like 12, 13 floor dorms. Yeah. So like those ones, especially, it was really easy to just because, but again, I was a college student. Yeah. Yeah. This is college students are going to be going in and out. Yeah. This is a grown ass man who is saying like, he's saying that you know, probably saying he's her father and they're just ta- Sunnydale is not safe. No, Sunnydale is not safe for many, many reasons. No, no. But also because it'd be very easy to get like robbed. I know. I, I feel and, and poor, poor Tara too. Like her space was violated. Yeah, it, very much so. Because mm-hmm. he's been looking around, checking out all her witch stuff. He really thought she'd get that out of her system. That if they just let her go for a while, she'd get over it. Why is he really there to take her home? Her birthday's coming and she knows what that means. Tara's not sure. She's turning 20, the same age her mom was when she... Do her friends even know? Yes. Is she lying to him? She has to come home with them. It's the only way. Home? She can't control what's going to happen. The evil inside her. And it's only going to get worse. Tara tells him her power doesn't feel evil, and he tells her that it never does. 
Wanting to further guilt trip her, he says he no longer feels like eating, but he'll give her some time. Let her think about things. They need to be gone by morning. Her dad tells her to remember that her family loves her no matter what. Can she really say the same about her friends? I like how this episode basically smacks you in the face that she's from an abusive. Yeah. And also like, you know, and and it also is a great reminder to people that, you know, we, you know, we don't know more than, than this, but like that emotional abuse is a thing. So I have a lot of questions about Tara's family and I'll save them for later on when we get to like, what's going on, because I'm like, how long has this been going on yeah. in this family line? Yeah. And like, what? I mean, clearly it would have to, I just, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Like, I feel like something may have, uh, you know what, you know what it probably is? Some, some, you know, member of their family got institutionalized for hysteria. <laughs> I mean, they used to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like that might not even be kidding. Like, so yeah. I'm reading a book right now that's kind of actually tangentially related to this episode. It's called The Lost Village, and it takes place in Sweden. So I cannot pronounce anything <laughs> at all in this book, but it is. It's about this small mining town where, like, one day everyone just disappears. And this girl is making this documentary about it because her grandmother lived in that town. Now, her grandmother had moved away. Mm-hmm. before this all happened but her grandmother's parents and her grandmother's little sister were still in the town when everybody disappeared they also when the cops rolled into this town and realized what was happening all these years ago they found a woman tied to a pole in the middle of the town and they found a baby alone in the schoolhouse and so like as you go through the book you realize that the woman they stoned to death was basically nonverbal autistic mm. Like she would flap her arms a lot and get like basically communicate through grunts. Sometimes if surprised or startled, she'd get violent, but she never meant to. Mm -hmm. And like this pastor rolls into town and convinces everyone that this girl, like this woman is filled with evil and the devil. And you know, you're kind of like leading up to the fact where like they stoned her in the name of God. Yeah. And like, this is supposed to be like 1940s, 1950s, like Norway or Sweden. This isn't like ye olden days. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I I could like, I kind of see yeah. that same religious fervor in Tara's yeah. family. Yeah, like it, it just, because there's so much emphasis on her being evil. Yeah. And like, I wonder like, you know, like, I wonder like what's, going on with fucking beth yeah like why isn't but again i don't know what look we'll, we'll talk about it more at the yeah, end yeah when, we, when the when this whole thing comes out yeah yeah <laughs> glory's taken the demon and chained him up in her closet she then takes and throws a pair of shoes at him waking him up they growl and glory she's gonna need them to stop because since when is their race so weak and pathetic that they sneak around hospitals looking for sickly patients to suck the bone marrow from <laughs> She doesn't really want an answer. She wants to talk about her problem. Short, blonde, she broke Glory's shoe and she took Glory's monk. And does any of that sound remotely familiar? The demon growls again. A slayer? Oh God. Don't tell her she was fighting a vampire slayer. 
How terribly common. If she had any friends and they found out about this, she bets the Slayer is telling everyone too, going off and telling them and that she, hey, pay attention. <laughs> Gloria stalks over to the demon. She is brilliant and gorgeous. And when she walks into a room, people sit up and pay attention because her name is a holy name. And so they will listen. Caressing the demon's face, she tells him to get their friends, find the girl, and kill the girl. Also, they have the cutest little sores. Has anyone ever told them that? <laughs> I love Glory. Glory is just oh, Glory's she, amazing. She is just so amazingly unhinged, and I love her. Arriving home herself, Willow asks Tara if dinner was fun before telling her that there is Scooby business afoot. Giles has called a meeting about their spanking new menace. Tara says Willow should go. They don't need her for that. But they do. This demon chick is supposed to be really powerful. And Willow thought maybe they could try the demon finding spell again. Tara's kind of tired. Could they maybe do it tomorrow? Is she sure? Because Tara cuts her off. Her family's there. She can't just... Not everything is about Willow's friends. Sorry. Tara immediately feels bad. There's just... So much going on. She's really tired. But she'll see Willow in the morning. She can fill her in. Great. They'll be demon hunters. As Willow leaves, Tara goes to her desk in a pile of books, flipping through as if looking for something. Arriving at the magic box, Willow wants to know if she missed any exposition. Nope. Nothing earth shattering. At the bookcase, Dawn asks if she can buy one of the books she's looking at. (laughs) No. Not even with her own money? Buffy let her come. Now sit down and look studious. (laughs) Annoyed, Dawn approaches the table. As they continue their search, Tara sneaks in through the back, watching them from the door of Buffy's training room. She casts some sort of spell upon them before disappearing again. At what used to be Willie's, Riley sits, drinking. The bartender says he shouldn't be there, that he has a reputation in the monster world. Riley doesn't care. Eventually, he's approached by a girl, Sandy, who says he shouldn't be drinking alone. Well then, let Riley buy her a drink and it will solve that problem. You know, they could go somewhere private. Riley shakes his head. His heart belongs to another. Besides, he doesn't date vampires. Fun fact, uh, this girl Sandy is the girl that was sired by Vampire Willow back in Doppelgangland. Yep. So she she is living her best vampire life. She is. No, she's, uh, you know, she's getting herself out there. I like her using, like, being a woman trying to pick up a man at a bar. You know, I I enjoy her her process. I enjoy the fact that she's not skulking around in the in the shadows. Yeah, she is not. She is. You know what? She Joe found her after she was sired, and you know he gave her the welcome packet. You know, and he helped her out so that she is. You know, she's a modern woman. She is. We need Sandy. We need the adventures of Sandy and Joe. We do need the adventures of Sandy and Joe. Speaking of vampires, uh, there's Spike in his crypt, caressing a dummy's head when Harmony arrives back from a shopping trip. Did she have fun? It was so exciting. He wouldn't believe it. She went to April's Fools and everything was on sale. She paid for it? No, she just killed the clerk. Hey, a bargain's a bargain. (laughs) Oh, she ran into Carol Beats. You know, she sired Brandon from the sewer gang. Anyway, she said that the Leoc demon is recruiting his brethren to kill the Slayer. What now? Apparently he got recruited some by some big netherwig and now he's on a mission. <laughs> Do you think they'll actually kill her? That would 
be pleasant. Well, Harmony thinks if they do manage it, they should do something. Like, send a nice gift basket. Where's he going? Putting on his coat, Spike says he's going to get a good seat. If the Slayer's going to die, then he's going to watch. Cutting across campus, Tara runs into Beth. She was looking for Tara. Wanted to make sure everything was okay. See if Tara needed help with anything. Like packing. Tara frowns. She's not going back with them. It breaks my heart to hear Tara stutter in the scenes. Like the way her family just zaps every ounce of self-assurance out of her. Yep. Because we got to see, we got to see a Tara who was starting to get her, like feel, get a feel for herself. Because we talked about through since the bit, since the time she showed up that she's finding herself and like she's experimented with her clothing and and everything and now this family came back and it wiped away everything yeah (sighs) she's not she doesn't think so and that's when beth lets her have it you selfish bitch what she doesn't care the tiniest bit about her family does she Her dad's been worried sick about her ever since she left. Not to mention the house that needs taken care of. Her dad and Donnie have been having to fend for themselves while she's down here living God knows what kind of lifestyle. They keep saying down, but their accent is clearly Southern. Yeah. (laughs) Beth continues. She can't wait until Tara's little friends find out the truth about her. And they will. It doesn't matter how innocent she acts. Tara tells her they won't. They will. Unless Tara's done some sort of spell on them. Tara's quiet and Beth quickly realizes what that means. She did something to them. She's telling Tara's dad. No, please. She can't. She can't just go cursing people. She didn't. She just made it so they wouldn't see. See the demon part of her. What she did. It's harmless. Really. Please don't tell her dad. Is it though? (sighs) Because when we go to the magic shop where Buffy is training and Willow is researching, we see that whatever Tara did made it so the Leoc demons are also invisible. Oops. Beth is still going at it, telling Tara that she's been lying to these people for over a year. That she put a spell on them. Does that sound like a very human thing to do? She's telling Tara's father, and if he doesn't force her to come home, which Beth very much believes he should do, then she better bet he'll be telling Tara's friends. If Beth was Tara, she'd make sure to tell them first and then tell them goodbye. I love you, Amy Adams, but fuck Beth. (laughs) The worst. Amy, Amy is, Amy is fantastic. I, I've loved Amy Adams for a long time. And I forgot, like, I, I completely forgot that she was in, in Buffy. That's an easy thing to forget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because so many, like, so many people had their early their early careers on Buffy. Yeah. Inside the magic box, Dawn is playing with a snow globe while the demons pass by her undetected. They do the same to the group at the table. Anya wondering if she gets overtime for this. <laughs> they hear Buffy working out in the back and follow the sound to her training room. She frowns, sensing something, but she sees nothing. However, she does hear the demon and so makes a move. As they fight, she calls for Giles. This alerts the others and they run for her aid. Xander and Willow take on another of the invisible foes while Giles and the others keep a lookout for 
I get like I don't know what they're looking for. They're invisible, but like yeah, they're I keeping think, a lookout. I think like maybe like thinking like if they bump into something or yeah. you know you like you see a lot of times when when you have invisible foes, you know they breeze by something and it ruffles. Yeah. Entering the shop through the back, Spike watches for a second before leaping to Buffy's aid, as he, unlike Buffy, can see them. When she dashes back out of the room, he calls after her with a "You're welcome." Buffy, having gone to check on Dawn and the others, sees them fighting invisible foes. She calls for everyone to be quiet as she tries to listen. This is when Tara enters. After seeing the demon behind Buffy, warns her, What's going on? Can Tara see them? Realizing her spell is what did this, Tara quickly recites the counter spell, making the demons visible to all. The fight begins anew and Tara's family arrives. A demon races for Mr. McClay, but Buffy kills it. Spike, I guess, has killed the others because after Buffy snaps that one's neck, everything is calm. What was that thing? Leoc demon. Spike lets them in on their deal. The whole sucking marrow thing. As he comes out of the back room, Mr. McClay doesn't understand. Neither does Buffy. (laughs) Tara sitting on the floor says, she's sorry. She's so, so sorry. She was trying to hide. She didn't want them to see what she is. What? Buffy's going to need a little bit more explanation than that. What does Tara mean by what she is? Demon. Tara's father answers for her. (laughs) The women in their family have demon in them. That's where the magic comes from. Tara's mother had it. They came to take her home before, well, before things like this started happening. Giles realizes what's happened. Tara cast a spell on them to keep them from seeing her demon side. That's why they couldn't see their attackers. It nearly got them killed. Tara says she'll go... She's very sorry. What? Go? No. Willow said she just did a spell that went wrong. It was a mistake. Mr. McClay doesn't care. It's not their concern. They're the ones who know how to control Tara's problem. Willow tells Tara to look at her. She trusted her more than anyone in her life. Was that all just a lie? No. Does she want to leave? Mr. McClay says it's not Willow's decision. Willow knows that. Does she want to leave? Tara shakes her head. Her father? Still not caring. He's taking her out of there before someone really does get killed. Tara belongs with her family. He hopes that's clear to them. It is. Buffy says if Mr. McClay wants her, he can go ahead and take her. He just has to go through her. What? He hurt her. If he wants to take Tara out of there against her will, then he's going to have to go through her. And her. Dawn would also like to be counted. (laughs) Is this a joke? He will not be threatened by two little girls. Dawn says Mr. McClay does not want to mess with Buffy. Also, Dawn is a hair puller. Giles tells him that he is not just dealing with two little girls. (laughs) Yeah, he's dealing with all of them. Except Spike. Spike doesn't care. (laughs) Tara is beyond moved by this. And her father, he's a bit annoyed. They have no right to interfere in Tara's affairs. They're her bloodkin. Who the hell are they? They're her family. Donnie can't believe this. If Tarek does not get in that car right now, he is going to beat her down. He can try, but Xander swears by his full and manly beard that he (laughs) is going to break something. Beth hopes they'll all be happy hanging out with a disgusting demon. Anya raises her hand. What kind? What? What kind of demon is Tara? Some are very evil, it's true. But others have been proven to be useful members of society. It doesn't matter. Evil is evil. Still, Anya would like to narrow it down. 
Spike is starting to catch on. So why doesn't he make this simple? (laughs) Going over to Tara, he punches her in the nose, which causes them both pain. For a moment, Willow is incensed, but then she realizes why he did it. He hit her and it caused him pain. Buffy says that only works on humans. There's no demon in Tara. Spike gets it. Bit of a family line. Something to keep the woman folk all subservient. He's a real piece of work. He likes him. (laughs) Tara smiles. She's not a demon. No, she's not a demon. Spike hurt her nose. Yeah, and she's welcome. Giles tells Tara's father that he thinks his business there is just about ended. Still, Mr. McClay is going to try and get in one final shot. Her family has taken care of her for 18 years. Supported her. Does she really want to turn her back on? She does, yeah. Because Tara tells them to just go. As she leaves, Beth glares. Is she happy now? That smile is all the answer we need. Tara's more than happy. Elated as the gang and their Wiccan friends celebrate her birthday at the bronze. The party sequence is just adorable. Everybody's having a blast. Dawn's face when she gives Tara the broom as a present. It's so cute. Like even Riley shows up. He's late, but he's there with a present in hand. As the party wears on, Willow comes to claim Tara, reminding her she promised her a dance. They take to the floor, slow dancing as they talk. She can't believe Tara didn't tell her about her family. She was afraid if Willow knew she wouldn't want her. Well, that is where Tara is a dummy. Because <laughs> seeing her family, seeing where she came from, it only makes Willow want her more. Tara just looks at her. Whenever she's at her worst, Willow just makes it all better. How? Magic. As the dance continues, the two of them begin to levitate and we go to black. The end. But yeah, I have so many questions about this like bullshit line that Tara has been fed. Because if her mom supposedly had it, it doesn't come from her father's side of the family. Because unless they were some range of cousins. Yeah. Like... Like, I could see if he was like, the women in my family have it, your grandmother had it, yeah. like, or your aunt or whatever. But saying her mother has it means it has nothing to do with Mr. McClay's side of the family. Yeah, it, it, it that is kind of uh, not completely well thought out. No. So I like, I have so many questions. I'm hoping, I have it in here somewhere. I'm hoping when we get to the Terra prequel novel, it will mm. explain it a little bit more. Yeah, like... Also, like, now that there's a book out, you can kind of retcon some of the stuff. So I'm hoping someone will have thought that out a bit more. But yeah, I feel like I feel like at some point, maybe, maybe, maybe one of the women in Tara's line was a witch. Maybe she wasn't. Her mom was a witch. She says that. But I'm talking about. Oh, like way down back in the day. Going back in the day. Like when, when, however, this whole thing started like did was it just a woman who was hysteria you know being treated for hysteria and they said she had demons or very possible was it actually a witch so fuck the mckays Ah, fuck them all especially donnie donnie god fucking donnie because i'm gonna beat you yeah i'd like to see you try (laughs) yeah yeah no i I, take two steps from her towards her and see what buffy does to you oh yeah yeah. Go ahead. <sighs> All right. 
That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure you join us next time for season five, episode seven, Fool for Love, where we will have a very special guest. We we had a, yeah, we, uh, again, like I know we mentioned it. Yeah, we had already recorded that episode, but we were on for quite a while with Rose. Yeah, it was. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how short that episode gets. Yeah, I, I think by the end of it, it was like three hours. Yeah, it was just, there was so much to talk to and, yeah. and she's so amazing and I can't wait yeah. for you guys out to yeah. hear that episode. We always, that, that always happens when we have somebody new. Plus, Mary and I hadn't even been able to talk in a long time. It was our first time back recording in a while. Yeah, so, so. It, was, it was an exciting day. <laughs> It was a very, very exciting day. But yes, um, until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.